It was junior year in the high school seminary at Queen of Angels in San Fernando, and we walked into our, our um, chemistry lab, and there was a new priest there, Father Johnson, the first time I'd ever lied, laid eyes on him, and seemed nice, uh, I guess, and, and um, a few minutes into the class, somebody broke a beaker. And if you don't know what a beaker is, it's a little glass uh, that you do the chemicals in and heat it and, and mix the chemicals so that you can, whatever, do the experiment. And everybody kind of went, ooh, you know, but we went on. About five minutes later, a second beaker broke. Um, and then Father Johnson looked up and said, gentlemen, that's the last beaker that will break in this class. We all froze. And you know what? It was the last speaker that ever broke in that class for the whole year. Um, there are qualities about teachers, good teachers, that they just command. They are, their presence, the, the way they speak, the way they say things. He didn't threaten. He didn't yell. But he made it quite clear that was the last one. Be careful. And we were. Well, I think Jesus is that kind of a teacher. He knew how to provoke people. He knew how to get under their skin. He knew how to wake them up and make them pay attention. If anyone here loves your mother or father more than me, you're not worthy of me. Get out! If anyone here loves your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. Get out. I got your attention, don't I? Do I? I think so. And that's what Jesus wants, our attention, especially when he comes to living the gospel, his gospel, because he knows that his gospel gives life. And he loves to speak in paradoxes. He says, if you want to have your life, you have to lose your life. If you want to receive, you have to give. And in speaking what seems like opposites, we discover in that the gospel. Now, interestingly, the first reading is even before the gospel, hundreds and hundreds of years when Isaiah was walking the earth, a prophet before Christ. But this was living the gospel already. Isaiah stops at this house, and it was a, a woman of means. So she and her husband had money. And uh, she fed him and welcomed him to her home. And after he left, because she recognized he was a holy man, she says to her husband, you know, we should set aside one of our rooms just for Isaiah the prophet. And we'll put a bed in there and a table and a lamp and a chair and some water and, and make it his room. And so whenever he comes, he can always stay in his room. And they agree. That's living the gospel. That's a simple thing, hospitality but it's living the gospel. But the second reading gets a little tougher. We have to die in order to really live. We have to share the death of Christ to share his life. And I would dare say that I think um, most parents know this. Most parents have done this. Uh, dying to self is uh, what begets and makes happen hospitality, generosity, giving to others. How many times in the life of a parent do they uh, die to themselves? They don't get something they want to buy for themselves. They don't go where they want to go. 
they don't, uh, they just don't have what they really want to have because they want something more for their children. They die all the time so that their children can live even more. And hopefully their children are learning from that. They're getting what they want. But hopefully they're seeing an example of dying and rising, dying and rising. Last night, I think it was, that they chose one of the songs, or maybe it was this morning at the 8 o'clock Mass, unless the grain of wheat will die, it cannot produce fruit. It's a gospel passage. And it says that the, the grain of wheat, a single grain, will only remain a single grain unless you bury it in the ground and it dies. And when it dies, it sprouts uh, roots, sucks the life and nutrition out of the earth, and a beautiful stock grows with hundreds of seeds in it. And unless that seed dies, it cannot produce those hundreds of seeds. But if you go to dig up that seed and look for it, you'll never find it. It's been transformed into new life, into these roots and plant that produce many, many more seeds. And this is the image that Jesus would use about us. It's when we learn that process of dying and rising, dying and rising, and we let go and we discover more. I want to reread the introduction because um, every once in a while I get inspired, and I think I was with the, this particular passage. And I have to say that during this ordinary time, the green time of the year, this is what we do. We keep listening to Jesus' teachings and listen to all kinds of his sermons and all kinds of his examples. And um, I suggested there is, no su there is such a thing as light beer, although a lot of people who drink beer would say it's not really beer, but whatever. And there's light soda. But there's no such thing as light faith. It just doesn't exist. Faith, even though we don't live it perfectly, it's about giving everything, opening totally, letting go in order to grab hold, losing all to find even more. And as I said, it's not about living faith perfectly, but it's about wanting it. It's about desiring it. It's about listening to it. It's about opening our eyes and seeing it. And if we don't go there, to that place where we truly desire faith, it remains light faith. It just, you know. Uh, my eyes were opened as they've never been opened since the pandemic because I'm going to say about half of our church has not come back. I'd say about half. And, uh, and I think they're probably lost for good. I don't mean lost in God's eyes. God loves them no matter what, whether they come to church or not. But as far as coming back, and how many here, don't raise your hands, please, please don't raise your hands, but how many could count, um, if this is the number of kids they have, how many could count how many continue to come to church? How many are married and have kids and the kids aren't baptized? How many uh, have never received their first communion? How many haven't been confirmed? And the list goes on and on. And it's no judgment. They're not bad. But something's different. Something's different. And I think one can live the gospel beautifully without coming to Mass and receiving communion. Surely. 
But what I think coming to Mass and receiving communion does is exactly what it's doing right now, giving us an option to hear and hopefully even boldly. If you love your mom or dad more than me, get out. You're not worthy of me. Wow, Jesus. Wow. Really, you're going to say that? But I think the great teacher was teaching. Not in a literal way, get out, but in a deeper way, come in. Hear, see, listen, look, seek, find, knock. And he says, if we do knock, and maybe only if we knock, the door truly will be opened to you.